I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Coming up in a few minutes in today's Clark Rageous Moment, I am going to guarantee you that you are going to become stinking rich. Really? And coming up yet later, a lot of brouhaha about your privacy. And have you ever seen one of these creepy systems in an airport that instead of having to see your boarding pass or your driver's license or whatever, or passport, uh, artificial intelligence face scan determines who you are and opens the gate for you to board the plane. There's a lot of stuff coming with privacy and your personal information being in these vast databases. I'm going to freak you out and tell you why, well, only in certain ways should you be freaked out. How's that? Because a lot of people on this privacy stuff tend to be either completely the sky is falling or I don't care. So Consumer Reports is an organization that I trust and believe in very much. And a lot of people who are younger look at Consumer Reports as their granddad or grandmom's publication. And that's a mistake because Consumer Reports is the real deal. You know, it it is so much more trustworthy than reviews of anything you see on any website because they don't play favorites and they don't take money from anybody. All they're about is getting to what they believe empirically to be the facts. Well, Consumer Reports took on uh, Media Darling by bashing the new Tesla Model 3, which the fate of Tesla rides on them successfully launching and selling a massive number of Model 3s that nominally start at a list price of 35000 But street price, most people buying one are paying upper 40s to maybe even breaking 50000 buying a Model 3. Now, Consumer Reports did say the 3 has the longest range of any vehicle they've ever tested that's electric, 350 miles, which is a lot more than Tesla even claims. So think about being able to drive for a long way on an initial charge and then be able at a Tesla charging station to be back on the road 20 minutes later with 80% charge to the battery. It becomes a really viable alternative to a traditional gas engine vehicle in the luxury segment. Because, you know, you get up to, even though the average car in the United States is about what the base price is of Model 3, if you're really paying close to 50, that's not an average car. That's more money. But the reason Consumer Reports was all upset with Tesla is the stopping distance of the Model 3 was not acceptable under their tests. That one time it would have a good stopping distance, the next time they do the test, and they have a uniform test just like car and driver and road and track and all those people do. 
they get acceleration, they get cornering, they get stopping distance. So you know what you're getting if you buy that vehicle. Well, the Tesla just was not consistent one bit. So how's Tesla going to fix it? Because not having Consumer Reports blessing a new model is a real problem in the car business. They're going to do it electronically over the internet. In a look-see to the future, all Teslas are hooked up to the internet at all times. And when something on the vehicle needs to be addressed or improved, they just give you a notice on the dash of the car, on the screen on the dash, and say, tonight at 1 a.m., we're going to do an update to your car. And then you get in the car the next morning, and it tells you what the update does. And so they're going to do an update. No one will have to take their car in anywhere that will instruct the vehicle how, how hard to decelerate, how hard to electronically brake, and fix the problem that Consumer Reports was all upset about. I just want you to think about what's coming with vehicles that they're, that Tesla is doing something that everybody's going to do in the car business where so many things with cars that right now might require you to take the vehicle back to a shop will now be able to be done right over the internet. And nobody ever gets away with stealing a Tesla because they're always hooked up to the internet and the location real time is available to any Tesla owner and to Tesla itself right on the app on the vehicle that you have for the vehicle on your phone. So it really says that safety is going to be potentially much easier to address with much cheaper data connections wirelessly available from the cell phone carriers that we're not far away from where every vehicle on the road will always be connected. Bill is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Bill. Hi, Clark. It's a pleasure to speak to you. Well, thank you very much. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Uh, So my question is... uh, my kids were each gifted $500 from a relative to as seed money for a retirement account. My kids are all under six years old, so none of them have jobs, obviously, or earned income. <laughs> what are my options okay. for you know, so, starting a retirement account for them? Yeah, so you can't do any kind of Roth or regular IRA or anything because they must have earned income. So my question for you is, why don't you make them go get jobs? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's not really practical, so let's come up with right. another answer. So usually what you would do if someone has as a purpose with money that they want it to be put aside for a kid's long term and potentially even for retirement with kids under six, we're talking about 60 years from now. So usually what I would recommend is that you keep it as simple as possible and open an investment account 
for the kids. And depending on where you open it, most places require a minimum $1,000 for a custodial account for a kid. An exception to that is Schwab that requires a minimum 1000 for, I think, virtually every account they offer except for a kid's account, which is 100 bucks. Okay. And so if I was faced with this question for one of my kids, it would be so automatic to me what I would do is uh, you said three kids, 500 each, right? Yeah, actually four kids, 500 each. For four kids? All yeah. under six? All under six. I know, we're crazy. <laughs> wow. Wow, I could not <laughs> handle blessed. that. Crazy but blessed. Well, good for you. Okay, so you could you could go, um, as an example, to a Schwab office, open a custodial account that you're the owner of for each of the kids, and put them in one of the Schwab index funds, okay. and the tax treatment on those is phenomenally favorable as your kids grow up and as they age, and then way down the road, hopefully, when they decide to sell whatever they put in, then they're subject to very favorable taxes at the time they sell by going into an index fund. An index fund simply owns little pieces of hundreds or thousands of companies. Right. And Schwab has their own branded one that you could put the kids in that's an index that is used to be called the Broad Market ETF. I think they've made a slight change in the name of it, but the idea is your money goes into this one fund that owns thousands of stocks in it. And so the kids would own pretty much the whole U.S. stock market, big companies, small companies, and in between. Okay. And then over the years till they start working, they are able to um, add to this until work begins so if a generous soul gives more money to any or all of your four kids, you can keep adding to it. But once the oldest starts working, that's the point at which any investing you do is done through a Roth instead of in a traditional investment account. Right. Okay. So at the point that the oldest one goes and gets a job, that's when we would want to start a Roth IRA. Right. I'm hoping working at least 20 hours a week by age eight. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever age there work starts, that's what you would do. And uh, that is my favorite recommendation for a kid. And as, as your children get older, there's so much educational material that comes with these accounts. And it's more real because they have the money in there. You can use it as an opportunity to really teach. Chris is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Chris. Hey, buddy. How are you? Great. Thank you, Chris. Now, thanks for taking the call. Absolutely. Been a long time. Um, I'll give you what, what little bit I have here, and then you ask me the questions I, I, that, that will help you out. Um, I uh, started late in life, and I have a son who just graduated with his um, uh, bachelor's. And he has decided to go uh, to law school and get his JD and been accepted. And uh, uh, so I'm looking at um, uh, what the what the possibilities are of helping him fund that. Now he's working um, 
the summers and and when he was in uh, getting his uh, his bachelor's, he was uh, working at the college and so forth. So he's contributing what he can. My situation is I took an early retirement uh, for some issues that had um, uh, come up with family. So I uh, recently retired, and I have um, uh, two accounts. Uh, both are IRAs. One is managed that I'm drawing a little bit off of now, and another is annuity that um, I'll be drawing off of as I need to as, as, um, as I get a little bit older. So uh, looking at what, I, what little bit I have been able to come up with, I'm thinking about a Stafford loan. And then trying to help um, uh, to help out as I can uh, as he continues through getting his JD. So, as a, a graduate student, which is what a law student is, I first need to ask you how much is tuition at the law school he's been accepted at? Uh, about twenty thousand. Oh my goodness, that's fantastic! A year? Ah, uh, yeah. So the maximum he'd be in the hole. For his law degree would be sixty thousand. Well, then you figure in um, uh, it's not it's not local, so it's going to be room and board and and uh, books and so forth also. So, but he can defray some. He can defray some of that with work in the summer. Um, I mean, there are things that he can do even while he's in law school. He even has the alternative at many state law schools i should say many and that's what yeah. it is he's going to let a state law like state law school does does the school he's been accepted at offer a four-year part-time program where he can work instead of a three-year full-time degree i believe they do so one thing that saves so much money is if he does the four instead of the three and he could work easily a lot of people in the four year they they bust their rear ends all the time but they work full-time and do the four-year law school program. Okay. But okay. at the least do uh, 20 hours a week of work in the four-year program. All right. And my advice in that case for the four-year programs is that, that he get any job he can at a law firm, any job, okay. his, his part-time work while he's in law school and already understand the interior culture of a law firm, you know, how things actually function there. And then you greatly reduce the amount borrowed. All the borrowing needs to be in his name, not yours. Right, right. And so if he does a graduate, I think it's called a graduate plus loan. Right. It's going to carry a hefty rate of interest now. The interest rates have gone up. But as long as he's borrowing... Uh, you know, somewhere uh, fifty, sixty thousand, he should be fine. And uh, it's the people going to law schools where they borrow hundreds of thousands of dollars that aren't fine when they finish. Today's Clark Rageous moment involves something that we've seen this movie of before. The hotel ballroom extravaganzas are reappearing for you to get stinking rich. These roadshows travel around the country and lots of heavy promotion to try to get you to go. They'll have headliners as motivational speakers, inspirational speakers, sports stars past their prime, who knows who, to try to get you in the seats so that then promoters can promote to you how you are going to dare to be rich in real estate. Well... Ten years ago, after the real estate bust really got going, 
that would have been a great time for you to be hearing the pitch about how you can dare to be rich. But now that real estate values are all-time record highs, affordability is down, be wary of any of these roadshows that promise you buy this system, that system, the other system, or pay money to this fella or that fella or that woman or whatever, and you are going to be rich beyond your wildest imagination. No, it's a bunch of malarkey. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your money, because the only person who gets rich beyond your wildest imagination is the promoter who's telling you they're going to make you rich. Welcome to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make, and you can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Amazon's getting some really bad media coverage because they are selling, apparently marketing, advanced facial recognition software to governments. And so Amazon has, I don't know if you're familiar with this, they have something called AWS, which is the where the real profits are in Amazon. It is their storage for data storage for companies all over the world and it is a hugely profitable operation and has for years subsidized amazon's shipping and shopping stuff so they have a recognition service which can be used as amazon says for real-time face recognition for tens of millions of faces and detect up to a hundred faces and challenging crowded photos, end quote. So this is really creepy if you think about Amazon making this available to totalitarian governments, to dictatorships, to brutal leaders around the world. And it is the kind of thing that freaks people out because of movies over the years, futurist, dark kind of movies that painted a picture of this kind of thing where government would have all-seeing eyes and ears and power. But the use of this stuff is not necessarily something for evil. Think about what can be done with various technologies now that scan people's faces, scan automobile license tags or plates, and can pinpoint where a perpetrator committing crimes has been, when he or she has been there, and figure out the trail. Technology, in so many of its forms, is neither good nor bad. It's a tool that can be used either neutrally or for good or bad. And so the question is, who's at, who at Amazon is figuring out who they're going to make this stuff available to? Because if, I don't know if you're aware in China how the communists are able to track the movements of citizens 
everywhere they go with advanced facial recognition technology. And in a country that repeatedly looks for ways to put its thumb on its citizens and restrict their rights and freedoms in every possible way, this being in the hands of this communist government in China shows the very bad of it. But there are so many ways that this could be good. Imagine somebody who's a fugitive from justice, who's committed a horrific crime, and may be planning another crime, or a terrorist who has eluded authorities and is able to be captured because of the facial recognition software. So I encourage you to enjoy movies that are dark about the future, if that's your thing, but really be cautious about reading into a new development as something that that's horrible, that's terrible, and it's only going to be bad. Because life really isn't just that. There's more nuance to it. Now, something that that doesn't have a lot of nuance is that based on a recent Supreme Court decision divided five to four about your rights in dealing with companies, even if a company that you do business with or work for does something unlawful, invading your privacy, based on what the Supreme Court has decided, a company that restricts its employees' access to the courts or its customers' access to the courts would suffer no consequences for law-breaking in the area of privacy. And I think it's one of those areas that is an unintended consequence that, the let's face it, the Supreme Court justices are generally older. They're not as technically adept. And I think they've missed the bigger picture about what's involved when you limit people's access to the courts on issues involving illegal activities by companies. Andy is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Andy. How you doing? Hey, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. Andy, you are a fellow entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah I've been in business for about 30 years now. Isn't it just great? It's it's been it's been a, a nice ride. It's been it's been an enjoyable. Um, How tough was to it for you? How tough was it for you, Andy, during the aftermath of the banking scandals last decade that led to the Great Recession? Uh, did it did it make it tough going, or were you able to ride through? The... I, I've been I've, I've been through a couple recessions now, and the last one during that banking, I probably went two months. Uh, without work, but at that time I invested in a, a rental property and it worked out perfect for me because I was able to work on my own property and then work picked up for me. So I've been I've been fortunate enough to to be able to have a clientele that's kept me for the most part busy throughout the thirty years. Oh, that's great! Now, based on what you said, are you do you do some kind of uh, home repair or improvement work or what I, is? I, I do everything for changing light bulbs for old ladies um, to new residential homes and and commercial work as well wow okay how can i I be of service uh, to you my yeah my situation is the kids are getting out of school i've I've kind of uh not taken as much work so i could be picking up and and things like that so summer's coming 
I want to know um, the best way to advertise my business on the Internet. And I just want to say I appreciate your, any advice you can give me in advance. I appreciate it. Well, I, thank you very much. You know, the thing with promoting your business is uh, do you serve a limited geographical area? Yeah, I'm in Orange County, uh, California, so I'm, I serve South Orange County. South Orange, okay. So anything you're thinking about needs to be focused on um, reaching people in your specific area. And after 30-plus years in the business, one of the best ways to promote yourself is by posting advice for people. Okay. That's and great. You That's can, great advice. You can um, use social media of various types do you use Facebook? Do you use Instagram? Do you use Snapchat? Do you use any of these tools? Twitter? Uh, I don't use them for the business, more recreation. Um, so you, so that's great, because that means you're already familiar. You know how things reach you. Yep. So use those tools for your business as a way to reach others. And advice is always the key. Nobody's going to be interested and say when you say, "Hey, come and use me. I offer the best work." Everybody okay. says, right? It's all got to be about why somebody would be interested in. Wow, that thing Andy said about my roof—I never thought about that, or whatever it whatever it would be. Giving sure. targeted advice that serves your market is the best thing you can do. Would you suggest uh, I haven't ever put up a website? Would would I do that as well? Or you could, you know, you would media. be in a position where your website would be what's known as a static website because uh-huh. there's not going to be new stuff. Particularly, you'd be adding to it all the time because you wouldn't be an information website. It's a destination website, so that's okay. not as much a priority as it is using the actively engaged audience on social media. You also would find it useful. There are so many podcasts specifically geared towards the housing market that if you did want to devote any advertising dollars, putting advertising on uh, podcasts that are geared towards housing, you know, look around, see what podcasts there are, see what intrigues you and interests you. And if it interests you, it probably interests other people. And podcast ads sell for substantially less than advertising does elsewhere Mm -hmm. because of the fact that it's not uh the ad agencies just aren't into it that much but do you know is there a facebook community group for your community in south orange i'm sure there would be there's several yeah there's several that i'm aware of so So you uh, should be posting on all those neighborhood facebook groups and instead of worrying about having your own web page Create a Facebook page specifically for your business. Okay. Because I'm finding that uh, small businesses spending money on 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 um, building a website and maintaining it, it doesn't get you the results you're going to get by being engaged where people are. You're going to where they are instead of trying to get them to come to where you are. Gotcha. That is, that is great advice. Got one great more advice. thing, too. Okay. You find some podcasts that you really like and you really respect the podcaster, they're always looking for new content. Pitch yourself 
to podcasters that you that you're intrigued by as potentially being a guest on their podcast being an expert okay. being able to talk about different phases of construction and things that go on in people's homes that sounds good so best of luck to you and i hope it goes really well for you cody is with us on the clark howard show hello cody Hey, Clark, how you doing? Great, thank you, Cody. You're out there at your first career job, is that right? Yep, that's correct. Well, I hope it goes great for you. Thank you. How can I be of service to you with that new job? So, basically, I just graduated early this month, actually, and I'm going from basically part-time job living check-to-check to a substantial increase in income, and... I listen to you just about every day, so I'm obviously going to start with a Roth IRA. And I was just wondering what I need to do with all the extra money I'm going to be getting. I graduated with a finance degree, so I'm interested in stocks. Well, but well, wait. Gonna... First, I gotta I gotta stop you right there because I'm going to radicalize your strategy potentially. Okay. Um, what age would you like to be financially independent? Um, you mean like retirement age? Not necessarily retire. What age would you like to be calling the shots? Um, late, late, late thirties, early forties. All right. I, I had that sense. I don't know why I had that sense about you, Cody. So <laughs> I want to tell you a strategy that I recommend to somebody who's focused like you are. You've been okay. used to living on very little money and it's worked for you. So now you're going to have like a, a real paycheck from a real full-time job out of college. I'd like you to think about living on every other paycheck. Okay. Rather than concentrating on where you're going to invest and all that, I'd like you to think about living way b- below what you're making. You know, the people who end up with that freedom typically around age 40 are the people who, when they get out of college, resolve that from the very get-go, they're going to live on every other paycheck. Now, I actually did that. Sorry, I finished college when I was, was I 20? 20, 21, right in there. And um, I, right from when I graduated college, I lived on every other paycheck. And that gave me the funds that allowed me to start my own business when I was 25 that I then sold and retired from when I was 31. Okay. So so I'm a big believer in what's known as being a max saver, if you're of that mentality that I heard in you in the first 30 seconds. (laughs) Okay. So what, what, where am I putting, where am I putting that extra money? So you do, you do, is, do you know, does the employer offer a 401k? Yes, they do. So you do that to the max. You do a Roth IRA to the max. And that may get you to 50%. Okay. And if it doesn't, then the additional thing you can do, if you're doing beyond those two things, I don't care if you put the money in a savings account beyond that, or you open a regular investment account that you put money into in uh, index funds. And your Roth IRA and your 401k, keep it simple, put in the max in those, 
and go in the target retirement fund choices that are offered to you. Okay. And outside of that, you know, if you retire ultra early, you need money not in retirement accounts. And that's why the additional money you'd be saving that would get you to half of your pay, that's where that needs to be saved and invested outside of any kind of retirement account. This is good stuff. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com. Producer Joel asks it for you. What you got, Joel? Clark Christopher wrote in and said, My friend provided me information about a passive income stream by adding authorized users to my credit card. I'd like to know the advantages and disadvantages of doing this. I don't remember if I've ever done an alarm during an Ask Clark. Okay, I hate that idea. Hate it, hate it, hate it. You know, when you do an authorized user thing where you're lending your good credit to somebody else, stick strictly to people who are like family members, a friend you really trust. Never give them the plastic. Don't get into this as an investment opportunity or a money-making opportunity for you. Too much risk if some UFO stranger somehow gets involved in your life and causes havoc for you. All right, Clark. And Lindy wrote in and said, Clark, you told a person who saves documents to get rid of almost everything, including receipts for furniture. If it's expensive, she should save that and give copies to her insurance company because if there's a loss, she could get the full amount reimbursed. If you have replacement value insurance, that's a great suggestion, great idea. One thing with all that stuff today You can scan that stuff in to your phone or your computer. There's a free program I use called FastScan that's an app for your smartphone. There are several of these. And that way you have the records in a more permanent way possibly than even what you'd have on your paperwork or you do Google Photos as a way to keep those things. That's free too. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews. 